the show, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Hey. Hi. Um, we would love for you to download our podcast, Blinded by the Item. It's its own podcast, a show within a show. And also our daily this podcast. This show is also a podcast. You can find it anywhere you get podcasts. However, we've been listening to a different four-part series that was really gripping, and you started uh, me on this podcast listening to this. All four episodes are out. Yeah, and I just thought, let's talk about this. We were discussing it before the show today. I was like, let's just talk about this, because you and I started talking about it. And anytime we start talking about something, I'm like, let's do that on the air, because that's what we get paid to do. Because if we're excited, the listeners will be excited. And that's why we find ourselves today at the beginning of the one o'clock hour, talking about the New Yorker's podcast called The Runaway Princesses. Now, this is from a podcast called In the Dark, which a lot of you would know because it got its start right here in the Twin Cities about the Jacob Wetterling case. Yes. And it involved Madeline Baran. I think I got her name uh, correct. Anyway, she was the local reporter at the time, but she, in conjunction with another reporter, who do the In the Dark podcast did a sort of offshoot or spin-off limited series called The Runaway Princesses. Yes. Or Princesses. Heidi Blake is the other Heidi Blake, reporter. thank you. And the two of them together tell the story of Latifah bint Mohammed El Maktoum. Now, that's a name you maybe don't know, which is fine because you will learn who Latifah is in this four-part series. It is, to call it like... True crime, sure. Mm-hmm. It's just a fascinating story. And we're not going to give away any spoilers. Not that there's huge spoilers to give away, but the story of Latifah is pretty fascinating and one that reaches around the world and involves someone for whom, whose name you probably didn't know, connects and intersects with some of the most powerful people in the world, this young girl. Um, by the end of the story, you are all over the place. You're at the United Nations. You're in the Indian Ocean. You are mm-hmm. in Dubai. You're, in, you're in Finland. You're in the United Kingdom. Right? Like, you're all over the world. And it's all about a woman who runs away from her family. Also her family. Mm-hmm. The royal family of Dubai. The leader of Dubai's daughter. Yeah. Dot, but they're, you're going to learn there's a big family because I think he's right. got like 26 wives uh, or not 26 wives, six, six wives. wives and like 26 grandkids, maybe 26 or kids. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big family is yes. my point. Yes. But and she notice, is, yes, the title is Runaway Princesses because it's not just about Latifah, but she is sort of the central focus. Now, Latifah runs away in large part to help her sister who had also previously run away. And so the story really starts out, why are these princesses princesses mm-hmm. running away? And it, the four parts are going to get you through that story, but then you're also going to hone in on the story of Latifah. And um, it's going to be a roller coaster, and you're also going to find yourself shaking your fists at the world when you're yes. done listening. But I think it's not futile, so it's not... Oh, like. Even though it is a dark story, it is one that I think is worth listening to. I absolutely agree. I was... I did not know what was going to happen from moment to moment. I thought I knew what happened at the end because I assumed things, but I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, And I finished it today and I came in and said, Bradley, 
What the heck? So, um, it's bingeable. It's four parts. Yes. Very, what, like 40 some minutes, maybe 30, 40 minutes per episode? Yeah. It's definitely like, it'll take you a week to get through it if you're listening on a drive or something. Um, but I love that you said a week. When I start listening to a podcast like this, I'm like done in a day, but I I tend to get bingey. Yeah. And I, we just have different ways of spending time. That like, sounded that really like a weird. Judgment. No, no. We just have different ways of spending time. We do. You um, have more alone time, I think. Oh sure. My alone time is in the car. Yeah, really, and occasionally, but yeah, yeah no, I get your point. Yeah. Um, I I will say that four parts. It took me a while to listen, of course, because I think I started with only two episodes available, so I had to wait each week because they dropped them each week. So now all four episodes are out. With Madeline Brand and Heidi Blake. And I do want to follow up. Now, here's the thing that's interesting. After you listen to the fourth episode, there is a whole uh, piece from Heidi Blake about some like updates on her okay. and a further story. So, like, I can't wait to get into that. And this story stretches over the life of this young woman, Latifa, from the age of 16 until present day. And she's about, what, 38 or something mm-hmm. right now? Yes. And um, spoiler alert, it's not a spoiler. She's, well, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, and I'm trying to look up the information on this. Is this going to be a documentary? There is a show uh, in development, but the but I read that in The Guardian, which okay. means I don't know if it's only going to be available in the UK. Because oh, the UK, I will say, is highly involved. Is in highly case. involved because the UK government actually is involved with the kidnap. I shouldn't say involved with the kidnapping. Connected to this case for a number of reasons because things happened in the United Kingdom when yes. she was there. And so I think the public has a fascination with this case in a way that maybe we don't in the United States. I will say there's also very close relationships uh, between Dubai and the United Kingdom in ways that perhaps we don't appreciate here in the United States. And so this is why I think to a lot of people uh, in the United States, this will seem like a new story or something we're not that familiar with, but you will learn a heck of a lot about the ruling family in Dubai and their power in the world. Exactly. Right. Like, truly to the highest levels of world government. Um, I I think that there's so many times where you're like, wait a minute why isn't this happening or why is this allowed to happen? I just, the whole time I'm like, why is this being ignored? Well, someone can say that and say someone's okay and go, she doesn't really want to talk right now. She's just fine. And it's like, you're just going to listen to the kidnappers. Like it's really sort of, but it also, here's what I loved about this show is it also makes you think what, and this is why this is, I always think the sign of a good storyteller is they make they put you in the place like how could i ever relate to a wealthy princess of one of the wealthiest people in the world how could i relate to her and then how do i find myself thinking what would i do in this situation cuz you really are presented with some moral dilemmas and not just you know like i found myself in the place of latifa going what would i do if i were her would i do because she does some stuff there are other people high up in governments who made some really bad decisions. And I think to myself, well, what would I do? Because just think about the consequences they would have been facing. 
You know, it really does make you think, which, again, I think that's just the sign of good storytelling. Absolutely. I know that at one point I can share, I think this won't give anything away, but she for years was plotting an escape. And one of those plots involved an underwater scooter and a breathing apparatus to go underneath in the ocean to escape. Yeah, because she's trying to escape from her family, but her family is super powerful and controlling and basically has eyes everywhere and you couldn't trust anyone. And somehow she manages Spoiler I mean, alert, it's not a spoiler. She escapes, but does she? You'll find out. Listen. Right, right. Um, but as part of the story, you're just like, what I I don't know if I would have the the you know what's the courage to like hop on a scooter underwater and, and go, this <laughs> might work, but if it doesn't, everything will go terribly yeah, wrong. Yeah. But I think the alternative for her was just as bad. So she desperately for yeah, years. Yeah, but that takes a special kind of person, right? Because most does. other people would just be like, oh, I'm fine. It's not that bad. Oh my gosh. It's definitely a story worth listening and you're to. Gonna listen, you're going to hear some stories about some stuff that was going on in the United Kingdom. Oh God. That's just... Mm. Anyway, it's on our show links page. A link to um, In the Dark is the series from The New Yorker and um, The Runaway Princesses is what we're talking about. All right. Listen. When we come back, mm. Dawn has a beef with Kelly Rowland because Kelly Rowland had a beef with today and today had a was beef yesterday with, and today but, was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see what you did there, yeah. but you also have some fashion questions Advice. for Kelly Rowland. Yes. We'll get to both of those when we come back right here on my talk one oh seven one. Hey, my talkers, it's Dawn McLean for Livia. Uh, Livia Weight Control Centers helped me so much when I moved to Minnesota. Um, I wanted to try all the craft beers that exist in Minnesota, and I put on some pounds. And then I realized I was also eating because things were stressful, making the move. And they sat down with me and they said, let's just figure things out and put a plan together for you that is doctor recommended. Nutrition experts helped me, and they guided me in every step of the way. It was such a great experience, and I wanted to share it with you because you're going to get three months free when you mention me. Also, they have breakthrough weight loss medication programs that are offered right now. These doctor-recommended programs, once again, uh, you can visit them today at Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com, or call 855-GO-LIVIA, and you can ask them about those programs and how you can get on a great program for you. Livia.com, 855-GO-LIVIA. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. the show the adventures of bradley and dawn right here on my talk 1071 
There was a situation with Kelly Rowland. You might have seen something about it. Uh, co-hosting the Today Show experience in the what third hour would it be with the them? Today Hoda? Show experience. The Today Show experience with Hoda and Jenna. So she was supposed to co-host in filling in for Jenna. She had previously just been doing an interview um, on the Today Show, and she was just going to go on over. Yeah, they're like, hey, would you stay Super and fill easy. in the, the third hour? Exactly. What a huge opportunity. I mean, Kelly Rowland's a star, yes. so it's not like this is a huge opportunity, but great visibility, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, all of these publicists that are begging talk shows to interview their clients and their, their actors and actresses and singers, uh, this is a whole hour that you get to feature yourself and just be a human being, you know. Well, unfortunately, things didn't uh, measure up to par for her. Um, apparently, Kelly Rowland or her people, we're not sure which, they were upset about a dressing room. They were upset about a dressing room. Well, what was wrong with the dressing room? It wasn't to her liking. I guess. So she said, I'm not doing this and walked away from the opportunity. So they're scrambling. Imagine having a co-host here while I'm gone and they bail on you at the last minute. Now, of course, you have Mike. They can just, you know, you guys can talk to each other, but it's rude, in my opinion, and just shouldn't have happened. I don't care if you're in a broom closet. You agreed to do the show and you said you would help out and you're just leaving people in the lurch which is what Kelly did. I think her people are sort of trying to spin it now. Um, I have the wrong link in there. Um, but I, it's just insane that she would just walk out of that experience. And then Rita Ora happened to be there during an interview. And she just ended up filling in just out of the kindness of No, it was last heart. minute. And she had posted on, uh, I think... On NCs, I'm not sure where the quote was, but well, this happened. We had two minutes to prepare. Ah, thank you, Hoda and Jenna, for asking me to co-host the show. And that was just a picture of her on the Today Set. Everyone was so lovely and kind. I had so much fun doing it. Love to everyone and tuned in. Maybe we should do more. And apparently, by all accounts, people thought she was great. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, the uh, people behind Kelly at this point are trying to step up and clean do some damage control like kelly's the most wonderful person ever we love kelly she's great and it's like well yeah uh also don't you work for her so you're trying to clean up her image right now uh i think kelly needs to make a a converse or make a conversation happen like look people get in their feelings about things or people have reasons for why they're not comfortable doing something you just hope that they're being professional about it so if if the story as it's presented to us indicates that she was not being professional, then I think she would at least owe, you know, uh, uh, not us, she doesn't owe us anything, but like the Today Show publicly mm. an apology of like, ooh, sorry, I put you guys in a awkward, awkward position. situation. Yeah. I or mean, I guess maybe she doesn't like what's the big deal, but it's not going to look good if she doesn't say anything. Exactly. Now, uh, Hoda even came on. She's like. Because Rita Ora made it clear that, like, yeah, I filled in because she didn't like her dressing room. <laughs> Did so, she say that? That's how people found out about it. Did yeah. she say it on TV, though? I'm sorry. I don't know because oh. I didn't watch the full okay. show. But it was, that was a Rita Ora thing. And so... 
Hoda came on and said, I just want to say this. I have great love and admiration for Kelly Rowland. I adore her and I want her to come back on our show. I want her to host again. And then, you know, they both agreed, oh, she's lovely. And then Hoda even said she can even share my dressing room. We'll be in there together. So they were laughing at it all if it off, really having a lot of grace for Kelly Rowland in that moment. Um, well, yeah, they're just, they're all being nice because I'm sure they're just like, it's they uncomfortable. Don't, they don't want to, you know, I, I just feel like this is an easy thing to solve. Also, I really would now, cause I'm just petty. Like, what was it with the dressing room? Me too. Because the other thing I read was that the main reason was that she wanted a green room, like an additional area. Didn't get the area because that area was being taken up by Jennifer Lopez. So then I was like, ooh, I wonder if this is like Petty Corner. And like Jennifer Lopez is in the building and she thinks, well, if Jennifer Lopez gets it, I want it too. Oh, no. And then, you know, at least that's what the headlines are making it sound like. It's hard to know when Kelly Rowland hasn't said anything. And all you have is her rep speaking out. Um, And her rep, by the way, just said, after 28 years of knowing her, Kelly Rowland remains one of the kindest most amiable humans I've ever met and have had the blessing to represent. Except when she's demanding a dressing room. Well, I was going to say, that doesn't... That doesn't... Great. I don't doubt it. I love Kelly Rowland. But, like, that doesn't address the issue. Your diva behavior has been exposed. Right? Now, I, now speaking of Petty Corner... Can you imagine, I though, you... If, if she had said, sorry, really quickly, if she had just said, Kelly Rowland, like, yeah, I didn't like the dressing room and I was out. I wasn't getting paid. Bye. I mean, like, I'm not saying that's what she did, but like, if it was and she just owned it, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, okay. Petty Corner, can you please click on the link? It's on our show links page of her outfit, please. I need you to give me your opinion on the denim outfit dress that she is wearing. You can scroll down and see that situation that is oh. strange. Oh. Can you are you talking about the denim? It? Can you please describe it for people that are... Well, it has the silhouette of like a ball gown, but it's made entirely out of denim. Look, look on her shoulder. Yeah, there's a big cutout. It looks like another... Head. It's where a head would go. It's the neck part of another shirt on her shoulder. Like... When so, you like said earlier twin. that she had a twin, that... and I was like, what are you talking about? Well, I see what you're talking about. Now, I don't know about you, but that is not a great look. <laughs> that makes me feel like someone needs to do some photoshopping immediately. Like, I'll maybe put that's my why head she there. left. She was like, like I got to hey, get out of this outfit. I got to find my friend's head. <laughs> you got to find out who did that dress. I don't know, dirty. but I am not pleased. Nobody's doing right by Kelly Rowland. No. Come on now. When we come back on the adventures of Bradley and Dawn, Dawn's going to interpret your dreams. Maybe you had a dream about a two-collared shirt. <laughs> we'll get to it when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1. Hey, My Talkers, are you thinking about buying a home or refinancing? Well, let me introduce you to David from First Equity Mortgage. Uh, it's a great time to buy a home, especially with David and his team. If you've ever felt intimidated or unsure of what you're signing, what documents you're supplying your mortgage company, and why, please call David. David prides himself and his team on prompt responses, explaining the process, and even helping first-time homebuyers get their ducks in a row. Uh, customers Cassie and Vic say, best in the business, smoothest home purchase experience I've ever had. And uh, fully trusted him from start to finish. There's just, I have dozens of great um, 
testimonials here from people loving their experience. So give them a call today if you're thinking about refinancing as well. My partner did that two years ago and had a great experience. 763-251-8000 or all the info is at my talk keyword David. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Welcome back to the show, The Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, my talk, 1071. Thanks for listening. You can download our podcast anywhere you get podcasts, especially Blinded by the Item. It's 30 minutes. It's super fun every day. And we'd love you to like and subscribe to that. You can always give us tips, too, at blindedbytheitem.com. All right. It's time to interpret some dreams. Why don't you tell me about your dream? I was back in high school. And I was supposed to take a test. I was naked at work again. I was driving my car and I couldn't control it. Then I fell off a cliff with Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know what this dream means? Dreamweaver Dawn. Hey, Don, uh, you want to interpret some dreams? Yes, I do. Good. You sure? Uh-huh. Like right now? Yeah, you can. I okay. mean, you have them to read to me, so I'm ready. I'm ready. You sure? Uh, no, I got to go. My dressing room wasn't good enough. Okay. And don't ask me about Beyonce. Wow. Actually, really quickly, can we just follow up? Yes, please. We got an email from a listener, a lovely listener by the name of Brooke who said maybe this is the real reason we were just talking about how Kelly Rowland was uh, allegedly, supposedly not happy with her green room or uh, dressing room situation when she was on the Today Show, so she left, and we all had questions. Well, there's a story on The Wrap which says exclusive. It's actually the reason that she walked off that uh, Savannah Guthrie kept asking her questions about Beyonce and she was not amused by that, you know, like, cause you can imagine it's like somebody from, is it sync? Justin Timberlake? Is that sync? Yeah. So it's like somebody from sync saying, what do you think about Justin's new career? Okay, great. Yeah. You're like, I don't, why really... are you asking about Justin? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. This person has their own career. And, and, you know, famously, you know, Beyonce was the rising star of Destiny's Child. And you cannot surpass Beyonce. Yeah. And so well, they get that all the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, so the it's story annoying. the story that was forwarded is from the rap just says that that's why she walked off, not the dressing room. Okay. Anyway, so you can read about that more online now. Let's get to the dreams. I did not have a dream about Kelly Rowland or Beyonce. Oh, okay. But Tiffany says... <laughs> She had the following dream. Holly, Colleen, and I were taste testing Oreo cookies in the back of a minivan drinking Dr. Pepper. Sounds fun, Tiffany. I spilled my Dr. Pepper into my cleavage. Uh Uh-oh. And Colleen, you want me to read these words? Yeah, I mean. Colleen started, I'm just going to say slurping it up. Yeah. Through a straw in my boobs. What? I wanted Tiffany. to do this one because w- dreams are weird. Everyone has weird dreams like this, and you're like, oh, oh, I don't know. 
Okay, so just to break down, thank you, Tiffany, for that dream and um, making it short and sweet. So food is knowledge. So if you're eating Oreos and drinking Dr. Pepper, that's not the kind of knowledge really that is substantial for, like, it's not like you're having a healthy meal. Yeah. So when you when you relate that to, like, real food and whenever you're dreaming about junk food or candy, it means you were taking in some stuff that, it's just not that important in your day. And maybe you were punishing yourself a little bit for doing that because you're dreaming about Colleen mm. and Holly, which to Tiffany, I would equate them to celebrities. So when you dream about, so I'm not saying we're celebrities. I'm just saying if you don't personally know. No, we're saying Holly and Colleen are celebrities. That's correct. Yes. You and I are not. But um, so it's an imagined part of yourself. So here's Tiffany having this imagine part of herself having fun and just relaxing and not having to put so much pressure on herself for, you know, being rigid with your attitudes about knowledge and what you're taking in during a day. So you just kind of like in your dream world wanted to relax and maybe just with those three parts of you who you feel like you can't loosen up during your day, Yeah, but you're doing this stuff, you know, in your dream, they're they're a part of you. So it's just the fun side of you, however you see Colleen and Holly, which I'm assuming is a super fun yeah. part of your day oh, to for sure. you know, either you know, listen to either one of them. Um so yeah, that's what it is. Like it's okay, you can let loose. You probably tried to the day before you had this dream, and so you kind of fantasized about being able to get away from all the serious stuff that you're thinking about. Yeah, so it's a fun dream. Exactly. I mean, who wouldn't have fun? Slurping sewn I mean, out of somebody's in boobs. the back of a van with Colleen and Holly eating Oreos and drinking. Di- I want to do it right now. Yeah, minus the boob slurping. Yeah, that part is like it's really just nothing. It's just an added fun that your brain works in. You know, I mean, you well, could get I mean, real deep on what boobs are in I a dream. I guess you could. I mean, yeah. boobs are for feeding. So okay, we'll just leave it at that. that. Yeah. Hey, how about we move on to Heather? I don't think there's any boobs in her dream. No. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with boobs. Here's what Heather says. Dear Dawn, I pull up to my grandma's, uh, my grandparents rather, home in a car. When I get out of that car, I have an aunt on one side of me and an uncle on the other. We are holding hands. We walk into the front door slash the living room area and there are family members in the kitchen. These are people who've passed away. They are at very different ages in the kitchen. Everyone is happy to see each other. I let go of my aunt's hand. She goes into the kitchen. I do the same with my uncle. I start to walk into the kitchen. My grandpa stops me. He tells me it's not my time and I need to go back. Then I start to walk away and I wake up. Also, this aunt and uncle died soon after in order in the order they went into the kitchen. Interesting. Am I making too much of this, says Heather? Dawn? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just going to interpret the dream with the symbols. Um, I had three of these in a row where it was different people saying that they sort of had a premonition about death. I don't do that. I don't know what that is. That is a different category that Dawn does not do. Yeah. Okay. But well, yeah, I will tell she's you she's not symbols. licensed and bonded in the state of Minnesota to give uh, death I don't predictions. Know. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's not an area that I'm can really get into um but although i will tell you if you get on the floor in bare feet if you can't get up without using your hands you're yes. going to die within six years according to 
<laughs> According to this dumb article I read, which we're not going to talk about. Carry okay. on. Okay, so grandparents in a dream, your grandparents' home. So this is an old way of thinking that you're used to from the past. It's a familiar way of thinking. That's why you're dreaming about your grandparents' home. Your aunts and uncles, the, those are familiar parts of yourself. Uh, so all of these people that you're meeting in the kitchen, they're just all parts of you. Okay, so you have to think about your aunt and your uncle and what do you know about them? So you're bringing all those people together that are you into a kitchen. Now, a kitchen is where you are preparing knowledge because food is knowledge and that's where you would make a meal. So this is like a waiting space. So I think what's happening, Heather, is that there are things that you're supposed to get into when it comes to learning, either in your life as a soul or like real learning in life. And there are parts of you that are like saying, let's wait a while to get into all of that. So basically so like, like, Hey, it's, it's not, it's not, time it's not your that. time to learn this yet. But you know, I think that, you know, if you think that these are the a real visitation from all of these dead people, that is an area, like I said, I don't, I don't really, you know, the only thing I know about that talk is to it, your, religious practitioner right exactly the symbols are that it's all a part of you though yeah yeah all right fabulous that was heather heather i hope you heard something that made sense to you by the way listeners if anything does make sense feel free to let dawn know she would like to hear that from you also if you want to submit a dream she'll tell you how you can do that at the end of this segment now let's move along to Alyssa. she has a dream for you dawn Mm -hmm. and she says the following hey there I had this dream a long time ago, but it was weird and funny. So it's what I remember clearly and would love to know what it even means. Here's the dream. In this dream, I was standing on the deck of my childhood home eating a hamburger. Suddenly, a cow climbs the stairs, steals my hamburger, and eats it. Okay. I watch as this cow downs my burger, then runs back down the stairs. When it left, I said to myself, huh. A cannibal cow. Okay. Um, That's a pretty specific dream. That's pretty funny. Like, she's just eating a burger on a deck and a cow takes it. And eats it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, food is knowledge. So, you're just... The home, the childhood home is an old way of thinking or a frame of mind that you're familiar with when you dream about your childhood home. Just like the grandparents' home and so on. So... You're in a familiar state of mind uh, than you that's comfortable to you. Um, so the cow, a cow is a habit. All animals are habits in a dream. So I would say this is knowledge coming from the source of a habit. Okay, so this is something, maybe you did something, you do something habitual yeah. and you learn from it. Mm. But it's sort of like a meta experience where it's going the habit is reinforcing the knowledge. And every time you do this habit, you learn more, but you're also just back into the habit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Not as fun as a cow eating your I just enjoy the dream and just enjoy telling the dream. I had a dream once of a cow. I mean, that's just funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right? Yeah. All right, Dawn. If listeners have a dream of their own they would like interpreted, what do they need to do? You can find our email on our website, mytalk1071.com, and then just go to the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn show page. Fabulous. My email will be on there. Keep it a paragraph, and I'm about a month. I try to get to all of them. It's like a month behind. These are from January. All right. Fabulous. When we come back on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn, from Dawn's 
dream world to our own world of make-believe. Actually, no, uh, a world of evil. But it's so fascinating. A story that we have talked about occasionally as it pops up in headlines had another development, and it's about this mom who uh, is getting, well, it's a, it's a story you're going to want to hear. Yeah. Let me leave it that way <laughs> when we come back right here on My Talk 1071. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for joining us here on the Adventures of Bradley and Dawn. My Talk 1071. There was a story about this. It was just a bizarre story we heard about um, or, or later last year about a mom and her um, business partner who had a lucrative career on YouTube being like super moms. I don't know exactly what the. Yeah. So, ac- yeah, you're talking about Ruby Frank and she mm-hmm. was just in headlines again, breaking down in tears after a judge ordered her to serve up to 60 years in prison. What? Okay, so a YouTubing mom with a YouTubing family. What could go wrong? Well, enter a pseudo-psychoanalyst counselor lady who they started this business together. And, oh, my God. like There are so many rabbit holes to go down with the story of Ruby Frank. But she's in headlines again because she's looking at about 60 years behind bars, which effectively is the rest of her life. Now, whether she serves all those 60 years, I don't know. Uh, it's possible there's, uh, because of a, a Utah law, that she may only have to serve like 30 years, but I, I think she's in her 30s, so she's going to be mm-hmm. in jail for a long time, Which is my point. she should be. Which she should be, especially if you read the story about the abuse that she inflicted upon her kids along with another woman. But um, it all started with her and her husband and their family doing this like YouTube, you know, sort of family account. And, you know, they looked at like this, quote, perfect family. And... I just have to believe that somebody's going to write a screenplay around this family Ugh. because it is it was anything but a happy family. And um, they have, oh gosh, how many kids do they have? Two, four, six kids, I believe. And she ended up being charged with aggravated child abuse. Her One of her children was emaciated, had duct tape around his extremities. He escaped from the family house through a window mm-hmm. and went to the neighbor's. And that's how ultimately this whole this whole story unraveled. But then you realize it's a lot more complicated because I think when you ask yourself, well, wait a minute, how did this picture perfect family end up with, you know, a kid being duct taped and like chained to their bed mm-hmm. and nobody knew? Well, it turns out people knew. And not only did people know, but people had been telling authorities there's something going on that is not good for a long time and it took it seemingly took far too long for the authorities to get involved and then when you read how she along with her business uh i don't even business partner yeah jody hildebrandt co-criminal right jody uh hildebrandt and then you watch their creepy youtube videos where they talk about you know the proper way to raise children and And disciplining them and it's all under like you know uh, through god's eyes and how we should discipline our children and why punishment is good for them you know it helps them grow into great human beings but behind the scenes they're taking that to such an extreme level that it's a twisted world well also there was a husband they had been estranged the husband's like i didn't know Meanwhile, the kids, the eldest, the two eldest kids knew and they were telling people 
her family knew and they were telling people like there is so much more to this story that I think has yet to be revealed. But mm-hmm. I'm just fascinated by, I mean, you know, how can you not be fascinated by a salacious story like this? I'm so glad, though, that she's going to be held accountable in the way that she should and be behind bars for a significant number of years because what she did essentially inflicted trauma upon multiple children oh definitely that they will have to deal with for the rest of their lives right and the fact that you know the reason why these children this all came about where the child the child like you said escaped out of a window one of her sons and went to a neighbor you know and even like people at school like because they would wait a minute they were homeschooled i believe yeah for a while they weren't homeschooled and then they were i think because they wanted to keep everything kind of under wraps as to how they live their life and chose to chose to raise their kids yeah well what what's interesting is that um okay food restriction chaining people up putting them in dark children shaming children putting them in dark closets for days and and there were signs to the general public on their youtube channel like people commenting like this is wrong this what this woman is doing is wrong now she wasn't like detailing all her abuse but there were signs wherein she did things like for example one of her daughters forgot her lunch Mm -hmm. her school and the school called her and she was like, I'm not bringing her lunch. She's got to learn that, you know, she, if she doesn't bring her lunch, she's not going to eat food for the day. And they were like, yeah, but that's not, I mean, I get that you're trying to teach her a lesson, but like she needs to eat food because she's, a, you know, not a toddler, but a young child. And so there were things like that on the edges that even people were calling out in the comments, like that's not right. And again, it's not to say that, Everybody saw the depth of the abuse that was occurring, but there were people beyond the general public in her own family who saw that abuse, who either were not listened to or were not bringing it to the attention of authorities. Yeah, it's just, and thank goodness these and poor her own kids, husband. like the own husband. Yes. I have so many questions. Like, how did you not see well, he this happening? Be, he doesn't want to be. He didn't. He doesn't want to be responsible for you know claiming that he knew anything so he's just gonna go i didn't know you know um it's just so good that now they're finally safe and um he also didn't people had questions like did he get charged with anything no he didn't get charged and one of his attorneys said he was never charged because they were separated for more than a year at the time that she was arrested and had a quote now this is what gets me a difference of opinion about their family parenting. What? That's not a difference of opinion. No, like she wanted to abuse the children. He didn't. But I would still argue, can somebody go looking at his part in all of this? Exactly, because if you're not immediately going to the police, if you know anything about this and saying my estranged wife is abusing our kids, I'm questioning what you allowed in the home also. Her 20-year-old daughter wrote on social media that she was glad to see her arrested. Today has been a big day. Me and my family are glad justice is being served. We've been trying to tell the police and CPS for years about this and glad they finally decided to step up. Mm. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's so shocking. I just, and you know why it's so shocking, I think, or maybe not shocking, but I think the reason she was, 
I don't want to say because I know for sure, but my hunch is, my sense is, because she looked like the perfect family, because they oh, looked yeah. so perfect on the outside, you wonder how many people were like, oh, I'm sure there's nothing going wrong or nothing going on. You know, like, oh, look at their, they're all cute and smiling in their outfits and they're all color coordinated. Yeah, everybody's wearing yellow. And she couldn't pause. She's such a nice lady. She's a good Christian lady. Right. And that's the thing. Like, they are pretending to be these eight using, passengers is what it was called. Well, that was their family YouTube. Their family YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to say, if you want to learn from us about how to be a good Christian family, you know, and so you just have people that are religious tuning into this, trying to probably get advice about how to discipline kids, but also, you know. Yeah, they were just, just using Jesus to abuse their children. That's right, yeah. So let's be clear. Twisting, yes, <laughs> doctrine, and oh my gosh, it's yeah. just so glad that they were found out. I will, and, I will say there's still some drama because the eldest, Sherry, the one that I just read, Shari, I don't know how you pronounce her name, but the one who was like, we're so glad we've been telling people for years, she and her dad got into it, and he accused her of theft uh, back in September. So I don't what? understand. Like, I, It just tells me that there's still some drama in this family because apparently she took some stuff out of the house, and she didn't know that she couldn't take those things out of the house. There was like a computer, some cell phones, and a oh, camera, and some journals okay. that she thought were hers. Yeah. And her dad called the police on her. And the police were like, yeah, so your dad says you stole those things. And she's like, I had no idea. I couldn't take my own stuff from the house. So it's she probably, returned it. My yeah. point is, uh, somebody, come on now. Yeah, that's bizarre. <laughs> I mean, I understand, like, if there's a criminal investigation going on, you're not allowed to take computers and phones that and things. Yeah, I don't think that's what this was about. I think he, there's, they don't agree. Okay, yeah. Because because the dad is still being very defensive of the mom. Mm -hmm. The children are not being defensive of the mom. The dad is being defensive of the mom? Oh, yeah. That's that's the wrinkle in all this, that even though they were estranged, he has come to her defense. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. yes. I thought he was just distancing no. himself from the story. So oh, he he's distancing himself be... so he doesn't have to be accountable. Yeah. But there are, there are just indications that he... Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Saying somebody should keep digging. Thank goodness her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, got the same sentence. So it's like four counts of child abuse of 15 years for each count. And so they're both going to serve up to 60 years. Yeah. Uh, And in court, it looks like she was, you know. She played the role of a, you know. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm humbled and willing to serve a prison sentence for as long as I need. I'm committed to unlearning my toxic behavior. Oh, good. You're going to have a lot of time to unlearn In prison. Yeah. When we come back, I have a question for the two of you. Mike, Dawn, Mm -hmm. it's a Jeopardy final answer. You have one chance to get it right. Are you ready? I'm probably not going to get it right. Don't don't undersell it, Dawn. You could get it. Okay. But you're going to have time to answer when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1.